Welcome back to Show Me Your Artist License, the podcast that highlights and celebrates Black art and Black artists around the world. I'm your host, Rinsha, part-time artist and full-time lover of the arts. This week, I'm continuing the An Ode to series within the show where we discuss and give flowers to prominent Black artists in art history. So this week's episode is an ode to one of the most distinctive portrait photographers, James Vanderzee. So let's hear a little bit about his background. Well, a lot of it. <laughs> um, so James Augustus Vanderzee was born on June 29th, 1886 in Lenox, Massachusetts. His parents were former servants of President Ulysses S. Grant and settled in Lenox, Massachusetts, which at the time was a summer haven for New England's wealthy. And that was, um, Lenox was home to only half a dozen Black families. So half a dozen equals six. So six Black families. So... Vanderzee grew up around um, music and art, and of course, he had a gift for music and aspired to be a professional violinist. He was also interested in photography. He received his first camera at the age of 14 and took photos of his family and the town of Lenox. He was one of the first people in his town to own a camera and was able to document life in Lenox. So that's pretty cool. Um, so he moved to New York in 1906 to work with his father and brother as waiters and elevator operators. He was a skilled pianist and still aspired to be a professional violinist. He was one of the five performers in a group called the Harlem Orchestra. And then later on, he moved to Newark, Newark, <laughs> New Jersey in 1915 and worked as a darkroom assistant and later as a photographer in a portrait studio. After that, so he he's moved all over the place, but um, after that, he moved back to New York City and specifically to Harlem in 1916 at the beginning of um, the Harlem Renaissance. And of course, around this time, a lot of Black um, people were moving up from the South, so the Great Migration again, and um, he set up his first portrait studio in his sister's music conservatory. In 1918, he established the Guarantee Photo Studio in Harlem with his second wife, Ginella Greenlee, and he became the most successful photographer in Harlem very fast. Some of his big clients were activist Marcus Garvey, poet County Cullen, and entertainer Bill Bojangles Robinson. In 1919, he photographed the victory parade of the returning 369th Infantry Regiment, a predominantly African-American unit sometimes called the Harlem Hellfighters. And in the spring and summer of 1924, Van Der Zee was commissioned to um, document the members and activities of Marcus Garvey's Universal Negro Improvement Association, so UNIA, 
He took thousands of photographs on uh, during this commission, and some of which were featured in a calendar issued to members in 1925. So during the 1920s and 1930s, he produced hundreds of photographs, recording Harlem's growing middle class, and he took visual documentation of their weddings, church groups, funerals, he took photos of celebrities and sports stars and social, the social life of Harlem. So everyday life of Harlem, but made it fancy. And he also created funeral photographs between the wars, so World War I, World War II. And these works were later collected in the Harlem Book of the Dead. Um, interesting title. Uh, so that was in 19, the book was created in 1978. And the book had a foreword by Toni Morrison. So around the Great Depression, so in the 1930s, he became less in demand due to the economic circumstances of his customers. So no one really had money to pay a photographer to take formal portraits of them at the time. Um, they just did not have it. So he wasn't really in demand. And there was also a growing popularity of personal cameras. So I'm sure around this time, People, I think it may have been Kodak. I have a feeling because, because Kodak is a really old company. Um, but there was a growing popularity of personal cameras. So people didn't need photographers to take pictures of them and they could do it themselves. And so his demand, of course, went down. And so for two decades, he worked different photography jobs, including shooting passport photos and then doing photo restorations. In 1969, Van Der Zee gained worldwide recognition at the age of 83. 83. So it is never too late. Continue to pursue your dreams because he got worldwide recognition at the age of 83. Oh, that kind of rhymes. <laughs> so, um, again, he gained recognition when his work was featured in the exhibition Harlem on My Mind at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. So he was quote unquote discovered um, in December 1967 by a researcher for the exhibition, Reginald McGee. And so Reginald McGee came across Van Der Zee's Harlem studio and asked if he happened to have any photographs from the 1920s and 30s. And of course, Van Der Zee did because he was documenting everything, especially the lives of the people in Harlem. So he had it. And so Van Der Zee showed him boxes of negatives he had kept from this period and so these photographs would become the focus of Harlem on my mind. And this show was also a little controversial. Like there was a protest on the day it started. And um, it was mainly from other artists in Harlem. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that went into that, but... I'm not going to go into detail, but I encourage you to 
research that, the Harlem on My Mind exhibition uh, at the Met. So moving forward, in the early 1980s, he came out of retirement. So he gained all this popularity, you know, after the show. And so later on, he came out of retirement to photograph celebrities such as Muhammad Ali, Lou Rawls. He also um, took pictures of Jean-Michel Basquiat. And so a lot of these photos helped other people to, you know, figure out who Vanderzee was or discover who he was if they didn't know. And he was able to really break out, of course, um, of Harlem and that community. And everyone was paying attention to his photos, which to me, that's pretty cool. And in on May 15, 1983, he died at the age of 96 in Washington, D.C. So I want to go in a little bit into his artist license, his signature. So, of course, he's a photographer. And yes, before anyone asks, photography is art. Um, it may not be a traditional art form. Um you know, like painting, but it is art. And there are museums that have exhibits with photographs. So um, if anyone, you know, needed to know, photography is art. (laughs) So van der Zee used photography as a means not only to celebrate Black culture, but also um, provided his clients with a feeling of pride. Um, So these photographs were an opportunity for African-Americans to see themselves as significant figures of American culture, just as white Americans could in mainstream society. And a lot of his photos were full of glamour, beauty, and just made everyone look great. And so his works were artistic and technically proficient. And of course he was, uh, in high demand. And that was because he experimented a lot and he had skill in double exposures and in retouching negatives of children. So one theme that recurs in his photographs was the emergent black middle-class, um, and which he captured in using his technical, um, his traditional techniques. And he often made them, of course, like I said, glamorized. And negatives were retouched to show an aura of perfection. And so his photos were a production, a whole production. He would hold them in his studio and he used a variety of props including architectural elements. He had elaborate backdrops, costumes, like he would give people furs to wear, different kinds of jewelry. You know, he wanted the people that he took big photos of to look good. And so he, he did it. Um, And he also filled his studio with scenery as though it was a stage. Like I said, 
production. And here's a quote from him. So I try to pose each person in such a way as to tell a story, he explained. And he would often set his clients in dramatic situations. You know, his parents, uh, for example, parents listening to their kids playing the piano or a child speaking on the telephone. And he also um, loved family portraits. And that's one of his like favorite things to do. And sometimes he combined several photos in one image, for example, um, by adding a ghostly child to an image of a wedding to suggest the couple's future. So um, there's a photo that's called Future Expectations, (laughs) uh, in parentheses, Wedding Day, that was created in 1926. And in this photo, it's a married couple. But if you look at the bottom of the photo, there looks to be like a ghost, like a ghost-like girl. I think it looks like two girls sitting there. Um, and at first it kind of looks creepy, <laughs> but if you think back um, and think about the technology with photography back then, that was like pure genius. Like how did he get those, put those two images together? I'm not a photographer, but I'm sure that it took some time to do that. So definitely Google that photo called future expectations. You'll see what I'm talking about. I kind of, I think it's cool, but also creepy at the same time, maybe because it's in black and white. Um, But yeah, he liked doing that. He liked adding different elements to his photos. And some people even say like the way that he edits his photos, um, they sometimes don't, they didn't really recognize themselves. Um, or they just looked so fancy that, you know, it's nothing that they would look like on an everyday basis. And, um, but they really loved his photos. Like his photos are really good. (laughs) I wouldn't be talking about him if they weren't. So again, definitely check them out. But Yes, so he often, again, manipulated photo negatives, and um, by doing this, he achieved his distinctive soft edge effect. So every photo looks like it's glowing in a way. Um, Again, very glamour shot type um, photography. And so let's move on to his legacy. So one of his biggest legacies is documenting the Harlem Renaissance. Without James Van Der Zee, we may not have had insight into the Harlem Renaissance and how people in Harlem lived and um, all the fashion and just the everyday life because he documented everything, just schools, organizations, again, church, funeral. So you saw every aspect of the black community in his photos. And so I think that is definitely one of his biggest legacies left behind and capturing the beauty of black of the black community during his lifetime. Every photo it's it's just like he took his time to edit or take this photo and 
with every photo he had a vision. So definitely making, you know, capturing the beauty of the black community, definitely part of his legacy. And of course, creating history within the photography world. And again, his big impact on Harlem. And so a lot of his images are subjects of books and documentaries. There are several books written about him. And 10 years after his death, the National Portrait Gallery exhibited his work. Um, And there are a lot of exhibits, even before his death, that had his work, a lot of museums. Um, But where can you find his photographs today? Well... Um, The Museum of Modern Art in New York, uh, the Smithsonian American Art Museum in Washington, D.C., the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, and the Detroit Institute of Arts. So I want to talk about my favorite photos of his. I love a lot of them. Um, Again, check them out. They look amazing. And so one of my, I have two. So one of, well, I have multiple, but I'll share two today. Um, So one of my favorite ones is called Harlem Couple. And it was created in 1932. And it's basically a couple, obviously in Harlem, and they are wearing these fur coats. And people say that the coats are raccoon, like made from raccoon. Very interesting, but also makes sense. But anyways, um, they have fur coats on and they look extra like glamorous and it's a man and a woman and the woman is standing outside of the car. The car looks very fancy, old school, of course, 1920s Harlem Renaissance. And, um, yeah, so the woman is standing outside of the car and the man is sitting inside the car. I don't know if it looks like he's like they're ready to go inside the car and they just he just captured them as they were going inside the car. It didn't really look like they were getting outside the car. I don't know. But either way, they looked great. And I love that photo. So definitely Google Harlem couple um, 1932. And. The second one I really liked, uh, it's called Cousin Susie Porter, New York City, 1914. So I don't know if it was his cousin or somebody's cousin, but you know, we're all cousins. (laughs) But this woman in this photograph looks amazing. She's wearing a very fancy outfit with pearls. She's reading. The background is so like Ah, the life. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but it is a beautiful photo. And even his photos of like Muhammad Ali and Basquiat are amazing, really captures like their personalities, um, which is another thing that he liked to focus on, like really getting his client's personality into the photographs. So yeah, so those are my favorite pieces. And again, I will be sharing my sources and any articles that will help if you want to read more about um, James Van Der Zee. I think he is an icon. If you 
or someone who's documenting a huge period of time in, you know, in the black community, like you deserve all the flowers. So I'm sure that he got some flowers before he passed, but just in case we have this ode to James Vandersee. And I would like to thank you all for listening um, to this episode. And thank you also for listening to Show Me Your Artist License every week. I really appreciate it. For more content, make sure to follow the show on Instagram at The Artist License and visit showartistlicense.com. Don't forget, don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast with your fellow art lovers or anyone who may be interested in art or want to learn more or be able to um, learn something that they can discuss over dinner and sound really cool. Uh, send them this podcast. It is for them. Again, I'm your host, Rinsha. And until next time, bye.